Hi, welcome back to Free Coaching Friday with Megan Gilman. I am a life coach who helps women design a life that they absolutely love. And I think you are going to absolutely love this episode. I invited my friend, Mary O'Brien, who is also a life coach and a plastic free coach to join us, uh, to riff a little bit on why it's important to do what we can to make life a little easier for this planet of ours, and also how taking these steps to be more sustainable can impact other areas of our life in really profound ways. So listen on. I can't wait for you to enjoy this one. All right. Hi. Um, my name is Megan Gilman. I am a life coach who focuses on helping women design a life that they actually truly and deeply love. And uh, today I am joined by my wonderful friend and colleague, Mary O'Brien. Mary, will you introduce yourself? Yes, I am so thrilled to be here. My name is Mary, like Megan said, and I am also a life coach and I focus on working with business owners and individuals who are interested in reducing the disposable plastic in their life and increasing their revenue. Thank you. I am so excited to have you here today because I just recently, you probably know Earth Day happened. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I attended this meeting where someone talked to the group about like what is allowed to be recycled in our county and how we can be more sustainable and engage in more environmentally friendly practices and sort of like stewardship of the environment and in our like small group conversations I was so like floored by how hard everyone thought this would be to enact these changes okay yeah and it definitely like put up some flags for me because I was like wait a second I I don't think I'm super crunchy I would define myself as like medium crunchy yeah. Yeah, maybe like a nice muesli. I'm not like a nature valley oat bar, but <sighs> even so, like I have over the past years accumulated so many different shifts in my behaviors, um, going in a more like environmentally friendly direction mm -hmm. that, you know, hearing people talk about how hard it would be to like not use plastic Tupperware or how hard it would be to like cut down on paper towels or I have um, a one-year-old and we've been using cloth diapers the whole time and people are like floored by like how oh my gosh like how do you even do it yeah and at this point I've been making small changes for so long that like big things don't really stop me mm -hmm. I'm like oh yeah it's just one more thing that's gonna that, that's just how I'm gonna live my life um but this meeting really took me back to like oh for a lot of people this is really difficult like it's really really hard to make these changes um and immediately I thought of you and I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> this is like what Mary does all the time yeah so one of the questions I have for you is I guess like why why is it so important that we start to 
move towards like more environmentally friendly habits, more sustainable living and business practices on a regular basis? Well, I think it just kind of goes back to the thought that, or the the reality that what is going on right now is pretty recent. So even our grandparents most likely didn't have a lot of the same lifestyles that we did. And so <clears throat> it's so interesting because of course, if you grow up with something, it's all you know, but really in the span of humanity, this is a very new thing. And it, it really isn't sustainable. And that word is kind of tricky because it means so many different things to different people. But can we continue going on like this? You know, I mean, some families, even if they're sitting at home having breakfast, everyone is eating with disposables just because, because they don't want to load the dishwasher or unload the dishwasher or whatever. So how... Um, how does that add up over time and over generations and just over if if one person is doing it versus if the whole community is doing it versus if the whole world is doing it? So I think that that's the important thing is that um, the resources on our earth are finite and that it's not just about the um, the materials that are used to create a disposable or whatever the case is, not even disposable things that people are treating as disposable, like clothing and stuff, but all the different energy that goes into producing it as well. And so in, with clothes, it's oftentimes water with a lot of things, even paper and stuff. There's all the water that goes into that. And um, I think there's a little bit of a misnomer that if something is recyclable, then it's okay. But the truth is with plastic, for example, it can only be recycled so many times before it just no longer works to do that. And also the whole recycling process requires a lot of energy also. Um, and so those are some of the reasons why I think it's so important, but then also just, I think reusing has a different energy and a different vibe. And that is also just what I care about from an aesthetic and an artistic and just a energetic standpoint. You know, if I'm going out for brunch, I don't want to be eating off of a styrofoam plate with a plastic utensil and spending $10. I want to have beautiful reusable plates. And I, I love geeking out on like silverware and <laughs> just the beautiful, um, creamers like I'm always like oh my god this is turned into a tea party everything at this table is so beautiful and it makes me so so happy so did that answer your question I feel like I kind of went a roundabout way but it did. I think we started going on to like a different fun topic as well but I yeah. I love what you said like even our grandparents didn't live this way and like most of the things time. that done to like steer the planet down this like really worrying path. It's not like it built up over like hundreds and hundreds of years. Like some of it did like coal and stuff like that and oil, but like plastic straws were definitely not a thing that my grandma used mm -hmm. when she was growing up. And within two generations, it's like, 
how do we get rid of our plastic straws or like the plastic shopping bags? Like it wasn't a thing. Um, it's so crazy. One, um, one thing that really stands out for me where it's just like, holy cow, this is really recent is the first grocery store as we know it came about in like the fifties. How crazy is that? Like before then, I always say it was Oregon trail style. Like, did you ever play that computer game as a kid? Oregon, Oregon, whatever, uh, where, you know, the person comes into the store and it's just like a small store owner is kind of what I'm picturing. And they're at the counter and you hand them their list. Uh, I'll take a pound of coffee, two pounds of flour, all that. And they fill it up in like these bags that's why they talk about flower sacks like flower sack towels and stuff it was in sacks um that they would refill and they would give it to you and you would take it home that way but it was all what we consider a bulk department is the way grocery stores were and so it wasn't until packaging became a thing that the first grocery store opened and i think it was actually in florida Uh, i looked it up at one time um was the very first grocery store where the customer went up and down the aisles and picked stuff out and then went to the cashier before then it was a completely different model and that makes me think like wow my grandmother would have been a mother at that time when that happened um so her whole childhood it wasn't like that like i just can't even fathom that and then also like with clothing um so i'll be 40 in june and so i do remember in the early 2000s when like h&m and stuff came out and there and there was kind of just like this shift of like oh wow you can buy clothes inexpensively and you can buy things that are trendy that year and this is also accessible and that was sort of the beginning of this fast fashion movement mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? So what is some of the biggest barriers that you find when you work with like business owners or individuals? Like what are some of the biggest reasons that they haven't been able to make these changes on their own? I would say it's all for the most part mental, just their thoughts. And so the work that we do, you know, we do a lot with that. So for business owners, I think sometimes the thought is that will never work. I will lose money. Customers insist on this. Customers demand this, this perception that if they don't offer free straws with every drink that, uh, no pun intended, but all their business will dry up, you know, and it's like, wow, that's no wonder why you're not interested in making any changes like that. That must feel so scary. I can totally understand. So I think having those thoughts and just kind of them being willing to or asking them like, so when you charge extra, if somebody wants another side of salad dressing, do you have a similar thought? Like people are going to revolt. They're going to like pick it, you know, your front door or whatever. And, and then just comparing all these other things. Like what if somebody says, I would like an extra meal. Do you feel like, or whatever the case is, are you willing to do those things for free? Like what are your thoughts basically is kind of what I'm trying to get at mm-hmm. for those things. Like why, what is your thought when you charge extra for that? Like, oh, it makes sense. Everybody else is doing it. Things like, things of that sort are what I sometimes hear them say. 
And then I like to offer, well, what if you are the leader in this? What if you get to be one of the leaders in the community that begins this and you start to be known as a trendsetter or things like that? What if you attract a whole different um, amount of clientele that currently aren't um, aware of you that now all of a sudden you get a ton of free press, let's say, because people are talking about this and talking about it in a positive light. Like I just kind of throw out different thoughts that are available and different results that are available to what they have in their mind right now. And so that's with business owners is basically like my customers demand it, my customers insist on it, I'm going to lose all my customers, I'm going to go out of business, like all this stuff that they might not even be realizing is behind the scenes, what's playing out in their decisions. For the individuals that I talk to, it's more like, um, so for example, if it bothers them that a place offers plastic bags or just automatically puts a straw in their drink. Let's use that example again, before they even have a chance to thwart it, they might say like, well, I don't wanna complain because it's not that person's fault, the, the waiter, it's just the policy. They don't have any power or, or they don't have any control over the procedures of the business and stuff. And instead, I think like, well, if somebody sent you a raw steak and you felt like it was inedible, would you think like, I can't possibly complain about that to the waiter because they're not the cook? Or would you feel like, no, it's their job to make me happy as a customer? Or if like the bathrooms were overflowing, would you feel like you should tell them or do you feel like you shouldn't tell them because they're not a plumber? Um, I would think that you, the, <laughs> and I, I say too, like, um, like, isn't it their job to pass on, like they're interfacing with the customers. So it's their job, I would think to pass on the feedback that they're getting from customers to the managers, to the owner, to then influence policy. And that is, it's not just their job to bring your food to the table. It's their job to enhance your customer experience. And so if they're willing to kind of tweak that thought a little bit, then I think they would be willing to, um, to voice their opinion. So yeah, it really just all goes back to mindset. I feel like, of course I'm biased. That's sort of the way I look at it, but also um, just kind of breaking down for them too, different reasons that different people have psychologically that makes people not do it. It's like, of course you're afraid to say something. You're afraid that somebody's gonna be mad at you and then you're gonna be kicked out of the tribe and you're gonna die because uh, historically we were primitive peoples where if you get rejected by this, the group that you are a part of, then your chance of survival goes down. So it's, it's part of our biology that you feel fearful about that. And so having a lot of self-love and self-compassion, and then also recognizing, but the truth is that you don't live in a situation like that. You aren't going to die if you say something. And so how can you respect your nervous system and where your brain is coming from and also speak your truth? Exactly. Yes. I love that. I wish I had like a thing they do in sports when they like just replay. Like, <laughs> let's, let's watch that again. Um, but I think for me, I think 
like sustainable living practices is such a fun way into changing your whole life because it's a pretty important, like almost everyone I know and work with wants good things for our planet, like wants to, you know, be more, I, you, like you said, the word sustainable is a little weird because um, it means so many different things, but they, they want to do their part to save the planet. Mm-hmm. And they also feel like it's so hard because it's going to make them seem weird or, you know, it's going to be too much for some people or it's going to inconvenience some people. And almost everything that we want to do in life, but we aren't doing is because it'll seem weird if we do it, or it'll inconvenience some people or, you know, it's sustainable practices that, you know, telling someone, Ooh, actually, like I didn't want that in a plastic cup. Like, could you put it in a mug for like, I'm staying here. It's an uncomfortable conversation. But the act of having that uncomfortable conversation and like watching it go okay, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then feeling good about it afterwards, like that's a step in the direction of changing your whole life because like, oh, well, what other uncomfortable things can I do that put me more in alignment with my actual values? And don't actually end in this like catastrophic disaster that I'm imagining in my head. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. And when I went down this path, I guess, um, just because I've always been interested in the environment for as long as I can remember, but at some point I decided to narrow that down to disposable plastic and just really hone in on that. Um, it reminded me a lot of when I became vegetarian. And so for a long time, likewise, I had leaned towards vegetarian dishes. If I had the options, that would be my preference, but I wasn't, I didn't label myself a vegetarian. I wasn't strict about it. If people were serving other foods, I would eat that. But at some point I decided that, no, I wanted to be vegetarian for a variety of reasons. And I was um, sticking to that. And it presented challenges at times where I was not able, or where I was choosing not to go along with the crowd, basically, you know, so at holidays or different gatherings of people, barbecues or something where there is predominantly a meat dish, um, there was a choice to be made there always, like, am I going to stick to my values and just be like, well, I guess I will eat beforehand, or I will just not attend this, or I will eat the other foods, or am I going to do what maybe would be easier for the people around me and perhaps easier for myself to just do what everyone else is doing? Um, and I just decided that I was going to, um, honor myself in those moments and, um, not eat the meat, even if it offended somebody, perhaps, even if they thought that I was being rude, or even if it meant that I would leave early so I could go home and eat what I wanted to eat or whatever the case was, 
And I realized that I don't consider myself a people pleaser, but I do think that in some situations I would be willing to compromise things like, oh, you want to go to that restaurant? Okay. I want to go to this other restaurant, but I'm, I'm okay with that. Like just wanting to make things easy, I guess. And that was really the time or that has since been the time where I have just been, um, you know, it's a non-negotiable for me. Like I am not willing to people like make a different choice just for the other people around me. There's some quote that I can never seem to have the exact words, but I love like if, if a decision comes down to doing what works for you and hurting somebody else versus doing what works for somebody else and hurts you, it's your duty to do the thing that works for you. And so that has been my foray into really following through on that. And I realized that all the kind of like muscles I developed for that and, and everything really transferred so easily over to this area of just being firm in that, you know, if at this graduation party, everything is served on a plastic plate with a plastic fork, then I will just abstain from the cake. I really don't 100% need to eat that cake or I will find a workaround, um, which I have a variety of workarounds that I can work, that I can apply, but that I'm not willing to compromise that. And, um, and in a, you know, without realizing it, I think I did a lot of thought work around that too, just like, um, it kind of what you were saying too about whenever somebody hears about a dolphin having a plastic bag or a whale in its stomach like I don't think anyone feels good about that I don't think anyone is like yes we're killing the marine life with our plastic I don't think anyone feels happy when they see a bunch of plastic wiped up or washed up on the shore of an ocean but I just decided that that it my in the moment discomfort is more important than my overall discomfort of knowing that I'm a part of that problem. So there's another quote I love, like discomfort is the path to your dreams. And so I'm willing to feel the discomfort in that small moment so that when I see those images that can be very upsetting, I can remind myself, like, I'm doing my part. I'm, I'm doing my best to not be a part of that problem. So yeah, I think there's a lot of comparisons to somebody that has, has had some other big shift like that in their life. You know, for some people, it's going on a health adventure. So maybe <laughs> deciding that they're cutting out carbs or cutting out sweets or they're only eating boiled eggs or whatever, and that they're going to get up at 6 a.m. and go for a run no matter what, even if everybody else is sleeping in and going to brunch, they're, they're, they've made a commitment to themselves that they're not doing those things. I think somebody who's gone down those paths would have a similar correlation also. Yeah, I think it takes strength and it takes practice to break out of the flow of what's considered normal in any situation and to commit to doing something yeah. different. Yeah. Even if that's something different is really important to you. Like, yeah, it takes practice. And that's in my, like, 
in my practice and in my like opinion, I guess is that's the only way to a life that feels really good is, you know, to uh, like force yourself to break out of the normal, to do the things that, you know, are important and right. And turning down a plastic straw is like a pretty low stakes way to start that adventure. (laughs) And it can take you like, you know, it can take you so many places. So from my perspective, no matter what your end goal is, like, if you want to, if you want to like get a better relationship with your health and your body, or if you want to figure out the way you balance your time at work and hold firm to your work boundaries, or if you need to heal your relationships with your family, even something as simple as, you know, turning down a piece of cake at a birthday party because it's served on disposables. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great way to start just practicing. Okay. I'm going to do something uncomfortable so that I can stay in alignment with my values for the next five minutes and then right. from there. And then maybe it turns into something bigger. Um, I have a, my yoga teacher, Tara Stiles, uh, has a saying that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. Her way of saying like, when you practice feeling good in your body and feeling relaxed on your yoga mat, it enables you to bring that into other areas of your life. And I think it's the same thing with, if you're practicing living in alignment and you're practicing making choices in the moment that are difficult in pursuit of a larger fulfillment, happiness, a positive good that like every time you make that choice, it becomes easier for you to do it in all the areas of your life. Yeah. I love that you bring that up because, um, I had noticed the parallels between me going vegetarian and then me going on this journey, but I hadn't really expanded it to all these other things until you brought it up and just like, yes, of course, you know, every time you do those small things, you're really kind of developing that self-trust. Like I can trust myself to follow through on my convictions, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's hard, even when I feel awkward about it. And, and even when I'm not doing it perfectly. So I, I definitely reflect after different instances, like sometimes, um, sometimes I'll think to myself, like, okay, my emotions got the best of me that time around. Like I was just kind of upset that they were, I felt like bombarding me with plastic and maybe I could have been a little bit, um, kinder or more compassionate in that moment towards the server. Like, how can I do that differently? Or maybe like over time I've been like, okay, I think I, can come up with some different wording for how I phrase this or so the point is I guess that to expect it to be easy or to expect it to be perfect the first time you try something new I think is maybe um, not the best I think it's great to give yourself grace and know that I'm trying this new thing and I'm probably going to say the wrong stuff. I'm going to do it wrong in whatever form that may be, but I'm willing to keep putting myself out there and keep trying until I come up with something that is better and um, until it becomes easier, until it feels more natural and all of that. Yes, I, I love 
I love that mindset about it because it almost reminds me of, of like the vegetarian life cycle, which I think, I don't know if you, you are a vegetarian. So, but I've sort of noticed that when, uh, when one embarks on a vegetarian or vegan life cycle, there is like a portion of time where it's difficult to explain to someone that you do not want their food without also explaining like all the reasons why (laughs) it's important to be a vegetarian. And then like, eventually you practice that enough and you're like, okay, here's, here's how I'm going to handle that. So like a a just vegetarian is much more hard to go out to like dinner with than someone who's been vegetarian for 20 years because Mm -hmm. they've got different ways of addressing that. But we have to have love for ourselves when we're like brand new to it. Mm -hmm. They like, oh, no, thank you. I, I don't eat that versus like, oh, no, thank you. I don't want that. And here's why you shouldn't even be serving it. Like, yeah, there's a difference there learning. And I think it's a very important one that probably our whole world could benefit from developing is like, how do you hold your boundaries and live your values without criticizing other people in the process? Mm -hmm. And that's... (laughs) you know, for that, that's something you can transfer to everything from whether it's your diet versus the way you choose to parent your children um, or the way that you, you know, raise your pets. Yeah. 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 I can see you with your dog off the leash and be like, oh, that will never be me, but I don't have to like yell at you about it, but there might be days where I yell at you about it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Sometimes I'm just in a mood. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, that's a um, that's an interesting thing too. Is just the whole how other people are choosing to make decisions and whether or not whether or not like friends and family choosing to share your convictions and to what degree and figuring out who are people who maybe want to hear more and what those signals might be versus people who are just like, you know, not really wanting to get all that information and how they probably communicate that to you indirectly or directly. (laughs) Um, But it can be helpful, I will say, to find your people in either circumstance, because if you, for myself anyway, um, if I'm oftentimes the lone ranger that is having whatever conviction, it can feel like you're the odd person out on a regular basis. And you can decide like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being the only one here who's choosing not to eat the hamburger. And I'm totally fine with that. But at the same time, it would be great to be surrounded by people who um, are also choosing that they want to have the vegetarian fare and just not even have to address it. Like just know like, in this space, I don't have to, uh, bring it up. I don't have to go over it. Like, um, I don't have to inspect everything. Like, is this, is there, you know, beef broth in this or whatever? It's just, you know, that thing. So it can be nice to get a break, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And whether that's finding an organization where people are also 
really care about the environment and you can just go into that space knowing that we're most likely going to have the same goals and stuff or um or even just like a vegetarian restaurant where you won't have to ask the server is that vegetarian is just everything on the menu is and you know you can just kind of sit back and enjoy yourself so um I do like having having that and figuring out other people that are kind of along for this ride that I can um to join up with at times okay so as we draw towards the end of this um I wanted to ask you about some of the simplest ways for people to get started on like living a plastic free life um I I probably wouldn't recommend, I'm guessing you wouldn't recommend like tomorrow waking up and being like, no more, no more plastic ever. Um, but if you wanted to get started practicing these skills, really, because that's what it is, like it's thought work skills, um, you know, skills on how you talk to yourself and how you treat yourself and also skills about how you hold these conversations with other humans. Um, what are like two or three of the simplest ways for people to get started practicing and, and building those plastic free muscles? Great question. Um, some of the things that I like to suggest to people is, and everyone's different, but this is what w- one way of going about it is. So for example, you brought up paper towels earlier. So if you're somebody that uses paper towels a lot and you're open to other options out there. I would recommend that that person invest in some like dish rags and some maybe Swedish paper towel or not paper, but some Swedish towels, which are these things that are kind of unique. It's basically a reusable paper towel. Um, And there's other options out there too. maybe get a sponge, maybe different items that are reusable and some would consider to be more environmentally sustainable and start trying those out in tangent with your paper towels as you're continuing to use them up because different items you might use in place of paper towels in different instances. Or um, I also cut up, like if I have an old t-shirt or something that isn't going to be donated because it has maybe underarm stains or for whatever reason, I'm not gonna donate something, um, then I will tear like cut it up and use it as a rag for different things so usually that's like cleaning or like if one of the pets does something gross on the floor something like that so I would come up with a variety of different more environmentally sustainable options supplies that you can begin trying out now so another good one that I like to tell people to do is reusable grocery bags so If currently you are using plastic bags at the grocery store that they hand out, like at Publix or what have you, then one, I would start um, trying out reusable grocery bags and try a a number of them until you find one that you really fall in love with, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of options out there. And for myself, for example, I don't like the huge ones because they end up getting really filled up full and then it's too heavy for me to carry. Um, So that's just an an aside, but I ended up finding some that I think are just beautiful and it's like a fun accessory that I enjoy 
wearing like a cool new necklace or shoes or something. So figure out what, what that is for you, as well as look at how are all the different ways that I'm currently using my grocery bags? Am I using it to line a garbage bin? Am I using it to pick up after my pets? Um, what else? And and what are ways that you could overcome that? Would you look into getting a pooper scooper? <laughs> Would you look into designate a, por a portion of your yard to that? Would you look into buying some biodegradable pet waste bags or bio bags for lining your um, garbage bin or compost? And so maybe you no longer need to have a garbage bin liner. You just compost the yucky stuff. So those are all, so basically get some supplies. That would be number one and try out different supplies. Um, and then number two would be just building your awareness. And so um, I would just be taking stock of, cause it's so easy to not even recognize the plastic since it's become so second nature, so a part of our culture. So when you go out to eat, for example, notice all the places where there is plastic on disposable single-use plastic on your table, on your plate. Um, did they run out of glasses and give you your orange juice in a plastic cup? Did you order water and they only give water in a plastic cup? Do you have a kid with you? And so they just automatically put the drink in a plastic cup with a plastic lid and a plastic straw. Um, did you order pancakes and they put syrup in a plastic cup on your plate? All these things um, that you can begin to just build your awareness of before you even take any action. And then what that does is I think it makes it one, just more apparent how prevalent it is and how maybe this is a problem. And two, it helps you anticipate stuff so you don't get thrown off guard and I think helps set yourself up for success moving forward. And you can decide then ahead of time like what parts of that maybe are, are you not willing to accept? Maybe you decide I no longer want my child to be served in disposable plastic. So I'm gonna tell the host or hostess before we even get sat that we don't want that coming to the table. And maybe that's your non-negotiable, but if your salad dressing comes in a little plastic cup, you've decided that at this time, you're not gonna make a big deal out of it. Um, or maybe, you know, maybe it's everything at the table, whatever the case is, but it'll help you to not be thrown off guard. And um, I think set you up for success in that regard. And also just kind of plan ahead of time, like in my head, as I'm, you know, going to whatever restaurant, I'm thinking like, okay, I know that at this place, they usually do X, Y, and Z. And I know I'm probably going to order such and such. And I can anticipate this, that, and the other. And so this is, I think, how I want to handle it and just being feeling prepared. Yes. Those are some great tips. And I think it can seem really daunting to get started, but I know so many people who will sit down at a restaurant and be like, just so you know, like, I don't want ice in my water. <laughs> like, or, oh, okay. Nice. Just so you know, like, I don't want lemon or something like that. And so it is like, we have these muscles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Use them to, you know, take your battle from like, no ice, please to like, no plastic, please. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a really 
really good way to think about like you wouldn't have a problem sitting down at a restaurant and being like just so you know like my kid has a peanut allergy so like like just we're gonna put that out there now if like whatever you're gonna bring us just just know that Mm -hmm. that's become so standard and so normal and yet to come to come in and say like oh we don't use single-use plastic so like please don't bring my child a like a plastic cup like Mm -hmm. it can it's the same level I think of awkward Mm -hmm. just the one is like a little bit more normal right now and so you don't think about it where the other one is a little bit newer because we're just starting to move in this direction and away from all the disposable things yeah and I love to compare it to to the whole gluten-free phenomenon that happened when I don't know if they called it it was like the something beach diet I don't even remember what it was called the South Beach diet yeah the South Beach diet and then people were on I think it was called like a keto diet or something and so there was all this stuff about people coming to restaurants and saying I don't want the bun uh, I want just the burger without the bun or can you put lettuce instead of the bun and then all of a sudden there started to be little sections on menus of GF or here's the gluten like businesses responded to yeah. customer demand and so I think that's you know which comes first the chicken or the egg I guess we get to decide so as if if more and more if it becomes more normalized because people are getting results in their life that they want and in their community that they want, then if more people are doing it, which that's the hope, then, um, then yeah, I think businesses respond. I mean, ideally there would be some legislation and stuff that would come along, which is what's happening in Europe and um, certain, like I think California and different cities. Um, but, but yeah, those are all different ways to go about it. Yeah, awesome. Well, I want to be mindful of our time. We are a little, we're running out of it, <laughs> but I have to go pick up my kid. Um, but uh, before we close off, how can people find and connect and work with you? Oh, well, thank you. Um, so I have an Instagram account and it's Mary underscore zero disposable plastic. And that's all spelled out the word zero, not just the number. And um, that has a link in there to set up a free consultation to see if we would be a fit for one-on-one coaching. And I also have a course that's going to be launching soon called How to Go Plastic Free in Six Weeks. And we focus on reducing plastic around food and drink. Awesome. Ah, Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. This is the first time I've ever had like another coach do my podcast with me and it's so much fun. I love it. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to hear what you got out of this one. Feel free to leave some comments on this episode or find me on Instagram or Facebook to let me know what you thought. You can find me on Instagram at Megan Gilman. That's M-E-G-A-N-G-I-L-L-M-A-N. Can't wait to hear from you soon. I'll see you another Friday.